Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In this podcast, you're going to hear raw emotion the night of the boat crash. We made the editorial decision not to censor the language, but we want to warn you. It's strong from dash cam and 911 calls. These are upset and frightened and angry kids. Engine three, respond to a water emergency. The location is going to be down Malacan Drive right before you get to the traffic circle. The Russell Bell Bridge? Yes. Maybe they just uh, in the wrong spot and stuff, I don't know. Um, we had a boat crash into the bridge is what they're telling us. Going, I'm just, they are talking so much. Um, we got it in at the Paris Island Bridge. Dispatch 804, I'm en route that water emergency call at the Bell Bridge. Do you have an ETA? I've got one boat to change now, getting ready to drop in. Uh, the second one's leaving the squad though, so about five minutes will be at one. Six foot gash, like it's really split open from the nose all the way six foot back. Yeah, man, I mean. Yeah, what's your last name, Paul. Paul, there's 50 cops here, Coast Guard, everything. We can't find Malik, We're following a developing story, this one out of Colleton County. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Double homicide involving a mother and son. Both deaths resulting from apparent gunshot wounds. In this town, nobody questioned the Murdochs for 100 years. You know, powerful people make powerful enemies. You commit a murder in the 14th Circuit, the odds of you going to death are high. From the studios of WCIV ABC News 4 in Charleston, This is the podcast, Unsolved South Carolina, case file number one, The Murdochs. February 24th, 2019. It's sometime after 2 a.m. on a cold, foggy Sunday morning near Beaufort, South Carolina. Six young people in a boat have just crashed straight into a bridge after a night of drinking, and one of the teens is missing. Mom. Y'all need to come to Buford quick. We them, we hit a bridge in the boat. Connor's fucked up. Connor's messed up bad. We can't find Mallory. Morgan's messed up bad. We can't find Mallory, Mom. The kids are friends. Miley Altman, her boyfriend Connor Cook. Morgan Doty and her boyfriend Paul Murdoch and Anthony Cook and his girlfriend, Mallory Beach. 
My colleagues will read their written statements so you know exactly what was going through their minds and what they said happened that terrible night. In our last episode, we shared what was happening just before the crash. I'm pretty sure I said watch out or like something like that, but like I screamed it like I was, like, you know, but I think like I even like stood up before, like right, like a second before we hit just because like I was trying to like, you know, like, like brace myself, like hold on to something. And I just don't remember like what I did like exactly, but I remember just like looking forward, like seeing the boat, like when it sped off to go to the bank. Underage drinking. Paul's increasingly erratic behavior, tempers flaring, his terrified friends begging Paul to let someone else drive. The moments after Paul's boat crashes, it's utter chaos, too. No one even knows where they are. Was there any light around at all? Just pitch black dark. Here's Miley telling police what she remembers. This interview was recorded at the police station. I mean, I could see, like, you know, the water and, like, the bridge, like, underneath the bridge, but that's pretty much it. And then, like, you could see, like, the light from the road all the way up there. Anthony, Mallory, and Paul are violently ejected into the water. The tide is ripping. The current was going fast enough that by the time I even realized that I was in the water and the current was taking me. As Paul clings to a nearby piling, a disoriented Anthony, he says he looks for his girlfriend, Mallory. The next thing I know, I'm in the fucking water. I can't find man. Scared, they'd been clinging to each other in the floor of the boat just before the crash. Miley came running up to me, said, what do you mean, where's Mallory? And I said, she's not up here? And she said, no. And then Anthony was screaming in the water for Mallory, and that's when, like, I knew, like, something about it happened, like, that Mallory was missing. In the aftermath, Miley checks on her boyfriend, Connor, who seriously hurt his jaw. I remember waking up in the bottom of the boat, and my girlfriend woke me up asking me if I was all right. Paul and Anthony in the water and Morgan screaming. Her hand was bleeding. Miley says Paul also heads for Morgan, who's screaming in pain. It's her hand, but in the confusion, Paul thinks it's her head that's bleeding and tries to get to her. He came back short and he tried to help Morgan and she was didn't want anything to do with him. She was like, get away from me. She didn't want to talk to him at all. And like he didn't care that Mallory was missing because she was, like, upset because she was, like, get away from me. Like, I'm fine, but Mallory's missing. And all this kind of stuff, and it just didn't register with them that, like, she was missing. Miley says several minutes passed before the kids even think to call 911. Because I noticed there was, like, a pathway to the road. Eventually, Miley says she finds an old fisherman's path that leads them from under the bridge to the main road. They've crashed literally at the entrance to Paris Island. It's where the Marine Corps trains its new recruits. It's now a few minutes before 2.30 a.m. Connor finally reaches Beaufort County Dispatch. What bridge is it? Paul, what bridge is this? Oh, what? 911, where's your emergency? Hello? Please fire ambulance. Hello? I started down in the boat, yeah, but Morgan was screaming so loud, 
so I had to walk up to the top of the hill to hear the lady so she could hear me over Morgan screaming. We're in a boat crash on Arthur Street. Where, where about on Arthur Street? In Arthur Street, the only bridge on Arthur Street. She kept asking me where I was, and I kept telling her over and over, and she would say different places. Archer Street. Archer's Creek. Archer's Creek. Uh, Archer's Creek. Is it Okay. And I'd say no, Archer's Creek, and it was just chaos, the whole conversation. What's going on? It's by Paris Island. Right. What, what's going on? We, we're in a boat crash. You know what what kind of a a boat crash a a boat did you say a boat crash a boat crash okay so you're at or are you at the dock hello are you are you at the dock no we just crashed in a boat okay are you in the water or are you we're we're in the boat. Okay. We have one missing. Okay. Okay. Hang on one second, okay? All right. Bye. Archer Creek. Archer's Creek, correct? Paul, what is this? Paul, what is this bridge called? Okay. Paul. Where? How far? Please send someone. Oh, no, I'm coming. We're coming. We're coming. Okay. See. Well, how far off shore are you? In the in Archer's Creek. Right. How far out? The only there's only one bridge in Archer's Creek. Uh, you by the bridge? There's the only one bridge in Archer's Creek. But there are a ton of bridges in this part of the Low Country. Tim for engine three and route to the water emergency at 2200 Rivout Road at the Bell Bridge. Reference to a boat that had crashed into the bridge. Six people on board. One person is missing, a 19-year-old female. At least one person with injuries. Some of the victims will be near the guard shack. At 2.47 a.m., 20 minutes after Connor's initial call, firefighters and EMS head to Bell Bridge. Now, that's the wrong bridge. The kids crashed into the Berkeley Bridge over Archer's Creek. So we've got one person missing off a boat. Yes. Let me make sure. Hold on. 19-year-old female, possible injuries. We're about to stone fire for it as well. Okay. All right. So we've got one person presumably in the water missing, correct? Yes. I'm not sure if this injured female is one that was missing or not. Because when they kept saying bridge, we were going with Bell Bridge because we didn't get a rule. No, 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 no. It, it, it wasn't the Russell Bell Bridge. And the Russell Bell Bridge, it's one and a half miles from the crash site. Can you find out exactly where the boat is located? Dispatch, this is the time one. Did you say uh, the location was the, uh, of the victim? Again, was the Batter Creek boat landed? What was it? I didn't uh, understand the address you were giving us. The location is going to be down Malacan Drive right before you get to the traffic circle going on to Paris Island. 
EMS reports that it doesn't reach the scene until about three o'clock in the morning. Now, what should have been about seven minutes, according to the average response time for emergencies here in the U.S., took three times that. Precious time is now lost. Severe fog, well, now that threatens any real hope for Mallory's rescue. Do we know what happened? Apparently they were, um, she's, from what I'm told by the officer, the female was sitting on the boyfriend's lap when they hit the bridge at a high rate of speed. So they hit the bridge at a high rate of speed. And she fell off. Meanwhile, Paul is heard begging at the scene of the crash for a phone. He wants to call his grandfather, Randolph Murdoch III. Can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? Hey, bro, I ain't got my phone on me, brother. You ain't got your phone on me. And remember, he's one of the most powerful and well-connected lawyers in the entire state. I think he walked back down the grass, maybe, and sat on the sat on the grass, just in his underwear, and he just like didn't say anything besides just wanting to call his granddad. Just let me call my granddad, and he took my phone. Caitlin Penter is a reporter who covered the fatal boat crash out of Savannah. She also notices Paul's apparent detachment. Immediately after they crashed, you know, he, he wasn't even concerned that one of his friends was, was missing and was not in the boat with them because he was so erratic in his behavior. That's when Anthony sees Paul come up to the main road. Anthony is in the back of Deputy Stephen Domino's squad car. You talking about that one with no shirt on? Miley recalls the fight between Anthony and Paul after the crash. Anthony was about to, like, if the officers weren't holding him back, he would have, like, unleashed on Paul. Like, he would have, like, fought him, I feel like, because he was just, like, because I think Paul, like, Paul came to Connor and, like, wrapped his blanket around him, and I was standing right there next to him, and Paul, like, smiled or something, and Anthony saw him smile, and he was like, you think this is funny, you know, this kind of stuff, and he, like, was, like, about to, like, go and, like, the officers ask, was Paul behind the wheel of the boat? We need to know exactly who was driving, and that's, you said that was the last one you saw, so that's why I told them, because his ass will be responsible, okay? Hey, I'm with Department of Natural Resources. Who was driving the, the boat? Right, I'll pick up. The last time I grabbed my girlfriend and got down in the bottom of the boat, Paul was driving. Paul was driving? Yes. I begged and begged and begged and begged to let me drive. Uh But in a moment of terrifying clarity, Anthony asks the officer, do you know the Murdochs? Do y'all know Alec Murdoch? Oh, yeah, I know his name. That's his son. That's so good luck.
When they get there, EMS tries to check Paul out for any injuries. Hey, buddy. You gonna check out my name, Yeah, I'm fine. Sure? I mean, we still, we still get you checked out, right? Yeah, yeah I'm fine. I mean, check. What's your name? Hey, what's your last name, buddy? Murdoch. M-U-R-D-A-U-G-H. Okay, what's your first name? Paul. Paul, P-A-U-L. Connor says that Paul finally gets his grandfather, Randolph, on the phone. According to Connor, Paul tells Randolph he was not behind the wheel when the boat crashed. Instead, Connor says Paul tries to pin it on him. Well, he told him that we'd been in a boat wreck and whatever, and he went to say, I heard his granddad asked him uh, who was driving, and he told his granddad that I was, well, my nickname, Cotton Top. Me and Miley looked at each other. We was just shaking our heads. While all this was happening, Beaufort County EMS Supervisor Kevin Flick had arrived at the scene. Flick tells officers that Paul was only wearing his underwear, acting very belligerent and not cooperating with EMS. Flick said he told Paul to stay put because he kept trying to get out of the ambulance. EMS 10, EMS 1. Go ahead, ambulance. Are y'all transporting anybody? Affirm, we're bringing three. Here's Miley again. The lady, the EMS lady was like, listen, like, if you don't calm down, she had gotten mad at this point, and she was like, listen, if you don't calm down, we'll put you, like, we're going to have to restrain you and put you in handcuffs and take you to jail right now because he wouldn't cooperate. And then they finally got him to sat down, sit down, and it took all of our blood pressures, and he was still, like, you know, just saying, like, all this stuff. And all of what stuff? Just, like, being rude, just, like, talking back to people. And so they strapped him down on the stretcher before we left. So, like, strapped him down, like, put all these wires on him and stuff. And then me and Connor were sitting in the seat that was, like, the biggest, had, like, two people seat. The EMS driver that took Paul and Connor and Miley to the hospital described Paul as loud and argumentative. He said he just wanted to know where his girlfriend Morgan was. Morgan was already on the way for surgery on her injured hand. In fact, Paul was so drunk and agitated that EMS reports that two sheriff's deputies had to get Paul in the ambulance and one of the officers had to ride in the back. And when Paul did arrive at Beaufort Memorial, well, Paul's nurse said he was one of the most arrogant teenagers to come through the emergency room. She said he told her, y'all should be doing your jobs and looking for my friend. The ER tech that night, Laura Kent, described the scene as a weird, corny teen drama movie. She told one of the lead investigators that Paul made wildly inappropriate comments. So when I asked him for a urine sample, he smiled at me and asked if I was going to hold it for him. And when I went back into the room, he pointed to my butt and said, oh, wow, that's nice. Investigators for DNR show up at the hospital. They're going to interview Paul, but that interview is cut short. Paul's father, Alec, and grandfather had arrived. Alec immediately told law enforcement his son, Paul, would not make any statements because he was drunk. Not only that, despite the fact that Mallory is missing, the lawyers tell DNR they're going to need a warrant to search the boat the teens had been in, which Alec owned. Meanwhile, security at the front desk is called to assist the nurses with Paul. When one guard got back to the ER, he says he overheard Paul's grandfather tell the boy to just shut the f*** up. Another security guard said Paul's grandfather 
was very aggravated with him and at one point said out loud, Paul is drunk as Cooter Brown. Now that's a reference to a story of a coward who stayed drunk throughout the Civil War so he wouldn't be called up to fight. Hospital security told officers that they kept on rerouting Alec back into his son's room. There are multiple accounts by the hospital staff that Alec was trying to get into the other kids' rooms. The triage nurse says Alec was looking at the ER tracking board, which lists all the patients' rooms. He was walking up and down the hallways and in and out of the lobby. She says he seemed to be trying to orchestrate everyone to get on the same page. Both the triage nurse and a security guard say they overhear Alec talking on the phone to someone. He says, she's gone, baby. She's gone. Don't worry about her. And tells the person on the other line he loves them, the staff assumed it's his wife. The charge nurse would tell investigators that she warns Paul's father, Alec, to go back to his son's room or leave the ER. In her report, she said she could smell alcohol on Alec's breath. It's well into the early morning hours at this point. The hospital staff said Morgan, Paul's girlfriend, she explicitly told them to keep Alec out of her room. But the ER tech says Alec approached Connor on the way to his CT scan. He'd broken his jaw and would soon be on his way to MUSC for surgery. I also heard Paul's father stop Connor on his way to CT. He kept telling him not to say anything, that he would take care of it. When DNR asked Connor to write out a statement that night, he deflected. We were heading down Archer's Creek, heading towards Broad River, and I remember seeing the bridge. That's about it. Connor tells the beachmaster of the Beaufort Water Rescue over the phone. I was not driving the boat, and I don't know who was driving the boat. You need to talk to my mother. I'm at the hospital. And now we know. Later, Connor tells investigators that's when Paul's father, Alec, told him to keep quiet about who was driving the boat when it crashed. Everything was going to be all right. I just needed to keep my mouth shut and tell them I didn't know who was driving and that he's got me. Why would he do that if he wasn't driving? Well, I was told not to, and being who they are, I was doing as I was told. The Murdochs were who they are, lawyers, prosecutors, a powerful legal family. And then there were the rumors. There's a couple of things that happened in Hampton that I heard about. Well, one was said that Paul had pushed his housemate down the stairs and she died. Nothing ever happened. And another one, there was something that Paul was supposedly involved with. The guy got found beat up in the middle of the road and they got out of it. Now that's Connor. He's referring to both Gloria Satterfield and Stephen Smith's deaths in the same breath in a court record. A deposition taken 17 months before Paul and Maggie are murdered and these stories hit the front pages. And Anthony, his cousin, would later tell DNR investigators that Connor was scared. Connor was not driving the boat. The Murdochs are out to pin it on him. Anthony also told them that Connor is very scared of coming forward because of the Murdochs being able to get away with things and that nothing will happen if Connor talks to law enforcement. In other words, justice was not going to be served. Here's Caitlin. I think it definitely makes more sense why community members, even at that time, were so apprehensive in speaking with the media because 
clearly, you know, they knew who this family was and, and they knew that this family was involved in other stuff. So far, both Miley and Anthony have alluded to the fact that Paul was driving the boat. But at first, Morgan, Paul's girlfriend, tells DNR officers a different story. Morgan tells Officer Austin Pritchard Connor was driving because Paul was too drunk to drive. As she is walking out of the hospital the next morning, she tells another officer, Michael Brock from DNR, that she thought Connor Cook was driving, but she said she was just assuming. I was in surgery for two hours when I got out. Alec Murdoch tried to enter my room multiple times, but my nurse wouldn't allow him. In the hallway, he kept saying I was with him and they needed to tell me what to say. When I was discharged at 9 a.m., I went to the bridge and stayed there until 6 when they shut down the search. I have so much going through my head. Last night, it all started coming back to me. I have the strongest feeling Paul was driving. Anthony Cook, he's still at the crash scene as the drama unfolds at the hospital. He tells an officer there. Me and Paul have been friends for a long time, but no more. I can't forgive him for this. Law enforcement was acting so suspicious in the immediate months following that crash that the whole time it was kind of like you knew that it wasn't this other kid driving the boat, if that makes sense. You you knew that it, it was Paul and you knew that authorities knew that it was Paul who was driving the boat. 911, where's your emergency? This is Kenny Campbell. We're on the search rescue. We think we found her. Unsolved South Carolina was brought to you by me, Ann Emerson, along with producer Drew Trupp and editor Daniel Michener. Original music by Maxwell Harrison. Coming up next week. This is the worst police investigation of all time, and I've been doing this 45 years. The fundamental things that police do when they arrive at an accident scene were not done here. When evidence goes missing and the defendant is murdered. Did they have any enemies? I really don't know of any enemies. You hear all this talk on the, you know, social media with regard to Paul, but I don't know of anybody no. that would truly, that would truly be an enemy or truly want to harm them. If you enjoyed listening today, please consider rating and reviewing. It goes a long way to help others discover this podcast. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.